Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome. Are you comfortable? Good. You have found the true source for cycling's mediocrity. You have found Backfiller. The Backfiller podcast will help you achieve bicycle bliss, two-wheeled tranquility, or at least the simple ability to smile at the silly sports you regularly attempt to conquer. The Packfiller Podcast is hosted by a has-been who cannot climb. You can contact the show through Facebook, Twitter, or emailing us at info at packfiller.com. And now, sit back, ignore responsibility and training, and enjoy the Packfiller Podcast. Stay forever. Ha ha happy. Yeah, I messing things up. I like messing things up. It's my job. <laughs> hey, the season is here. Temps are finally getting warmer. Fabian brought home a three-peat Flanders Barnstormer. You like that? I've trained hard. I drank juice from Pickles Diller. That was a shitty rhyme. Oh, well, pack filler. Hey, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> you know, you, you try it after every show. Every single show, you try to make a rhyme that ends with pack filler. I should have come up with something like, you know, hi, welcome to the Joe podcast, because you can rhyme a lot with Joe, but it really sucks to try and rhyme something with pack filler every time. Um, so if you if you got, you know what, send me an email if you've got a better rhyme, please. The last two sentences of every rhyme obviously have to have to go and coincide with pack filler. So I'd, I'd love that. Oh, holy crap. The weather's decided to play nice. I don't know if it is where you are, but the writing's great where I am. Welcome to the only podcast that has the power to judge you back. I know what you're all doing. You're all saying, you know what, I could do that better than that jackass sitting all by himself. He even pissed off his friend that he won't come to the podcast anymore. That's not true. That's not true. Mark Mark is not dead. Um, I am Pat Bulger all by myself. ABM. Hi, folks. We have decided to put together, well, I have decided to put together another podcast all by myself just because there's issues going out, there's things going on, and you guys are talking to me and emailing me like crazy. And so until Mark gets the uh, hi-ho to release back into the wild from his Ironman training, which he's doing a ton of it right now, um, I'm flying solo a little bit here. And um, let me know. You guys are chiming in on what you think of the ABMs. So... um, all bowel movements. No, all by myself. Let me know what you're thinking about them. And um, if I can do anything differently, I definitely would uh, consider it. I probably wouldn't do it, but I'd think about it because I'm lazy. 
Thank you to our show sponsors. First and foremost, Elephant Bicycles with the great Glenn Copas. I'm looking at my beautiful Iron Man orange. I know, Iron Man's red. I think it looks Iron Man orange. Uh, cross bike, I'm in love with it. And in fact, I'm heavily considering uh, going back to Glenn and talking to him about building something up for my beautiful bride because I think uh, she wants something in the vein of powder blue, light blue, sky blue with, uh, with daisies on it. Yeah, she's a girl. I know. It's a girl thing. Um, not, yeah, I get Iron Man orange. She wants daisy blue. But... Um, I think we can make her up something really nice. And Glenn, as I've said before, does custom works of rolling art. So uh, check out elephantbikes.com and go talk to Glenn. Glenn does beautiful work. So uh, thanks for Glenn for being a part of the show yet again. Just checking to make sure my recorder's working. And if it pops and makes loud red noises, well, red colors, red is not a noise. Red is not a noise. If red was a noise... What would red be? For me, it'd be the sound of somebody yelling, hup, 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 whenever you attack. That is red for me as a bike racer. I cannot stand that. Red would be that. All right. I've, I'm venturing off into things. Hey, um, it is April. It is April. The junior camp is already underway, believe it or not. I, I think I've talked to you guys about the junior camp. Uh, today was day one. We had um, some kids come out. Great to see junior development happening, at least in my community. If uh, it's not happening in your community, see what you can do about it. Quit bitching about it and do something about it. I got to say, there's an amazing amount of development that happens between the ages of 11 and 16. I, you know it's a big deal, but you never really understand it's a big deal until you get 11-year-olds and 16-year-olds in the same room. And you're trying to show them a PowerPoint on on intro to road cycling. So we started we started everything with a with a little you know I I figured you have to start with a classroom setting. You do. Cycling's not a sport where you can just kind of say, "Okay, let's go out and do it." You're out in traffic. You're out risking your life for this crap. And uh the last thing you really want to do is is say, "Okay, let's go out and try riding in traffic." And it doesn't work out that way. So uh, we start out every day in a, in a little bit of a classroom setting. Today was uh, kind of just general understanding, hand signals, how to operate in traffic, pace line riding, um, all those types of things. And uh, we did the good old-fashioned uh, exercises of bumping and, and trying a little bit of handling skills. And it was fun. We had a you know, small group of kids, but it was still a group of kids. And uh, hopefully we'll see how that progression goes and you know, see what comes out of it on the other end. And this is a work in progress, so we'll tailor it as we go. But um, good start. want to thank the folks at Trek at Two Wheel Transit, a local bicycle shop here in Spokane. TwoWheelTransit.com is their website. Uh, not sponsors of the podcast, but, but uh, helping out with this team uh, to Bontrager. And, of course, Hammer Nutrition. All those guys are sponsoring and helping out with this junior development team. And they've stepped up. And I'd like to thank those guys, especially uh, Jeff Forche at uh, Two Wheel Transit, for making all this wonderful stuff happening for a team of kids. And um, it, it's, it, hopefully we're in our infancy. Hopefully we'll see something come out of this in the lawn. Uh, today, Monday... Oh, boy. It's April. It's spring break for those of you who are teachers. It's April 7th. Um, I'm not rubbing that in. I'm just stating a fact. I'm on spring break. We're doing the spring break camp for the kids. Yesterday, I had the fine opportunity. I know I've talked to you guys quite a bit about uh, our friends over at Velomenati. Uh, Velomenati, Frank Strock, creator of Velomenati, has been on the show several times. A great voice in the sport. Um, the rules, if you have not read the rules, you do not understand the art of road cycling. Um, take it tongue in cheek, but, but abide by the rules. Um, hardbound book. I, I think Frank has been on the show talking about the fact that the rules are now available. You can actually have those bad boys in your own possession on your coffee table. So if anybody questions you, you can spout rule number five. You can, uh, if you don't know Rule 5, you're not a road cyclist. But uh, so this weekend was uh, what the Sufferfest, not Sufferfest, I get those mixed up, sorry, uh, what Velominati had put together as a Kogel, which is, and if I'm pronouncing it correctly, I'm, I hope, I hope I am. Um, uh, Frank is from Seattle, and he put together the Rye, the Kogel, which is a 
epic long ride, starting with coffee and ending with beer. I guess I could just say it's, and this one was in the vein of the Tour of Flanders, which happened yesterday. If, if you didn't know about the Tour of Flanders, I'm going to spoil the result, and I think I did opening anyway. Um, this one was under under that theme. And so what he had put together was this ride about 72, 70, maybe 73 miles in length in and around the Seattle and surrounding areas. Um, I, I think I'd said to Frank, yeah, I'm going to be there about two months ago, and my empty promises usually come through in that form. Oh, what? It was, oh, sorry. And last week, Frank posted on Velominati.com something about that ride. And I jokingly sent my wife and son a little text. Hey, guys, big ride in Seattle this weekend. Too bad I can't go. Woe with me. I blame it on my family. My wife basically called my bullshit out right there. Um, okay, we'll go to Seattle. The new Subaru, we can get there on a, you know, less than a tank of gas. Oh, shit. Now I really got to do it. So, Friday, we hop in the car. We drive over there. Stay with family over there. The Queen Anne area of Seattle. Beautiful area of Seattle. If the weather's good, Seattle is one of the best cities in the world to live in. I'm sorry to all of you who think that that is bullshit. But when the weather's good, which means about 36 hours a year, uh, Seattle's Seattle's beautiful, and 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 I I found out through the course of this ride just how right I am in stating that what an amazing area to ride your bike in. You think in a major metropolitan area, it's not going to be a great area to ride, but holy shit, you guys, it is. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I'm 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 going off on a tangent here, and I got to talk about everything before it. Um, so I got permission from the family. We were off, you know. I um we spent Saturday. Doing the Seattle thing. We t- we took the... I know. I used to live in Seattle for a little bit of time. And you still got occasionally, when you're standing in front of that Pike Street Market thing, you got to smile and you got to take the picture. So we took the picture. We did that. We hung around downtown. You know, kid went to Nike Town, all that kind of stuff, and had a great time there. And then Sunday came. Uh, 10 a.m. show up at a, at a pub. I'm not going to name the pub that we started at because uh, they refused at the end of the ride to let us bring our bikes in. So um, uh, that's kind of douchebaggery for me. But um, but hey, I don't own the pub and I don't know the owners, so I I I will stand aside, stand away, and judge from afar, which I'm really good at. So um, about 17, so 18 riders in total. Uh, left for this ride. Um, I, now, we didn't finish with all 18, even though it was, in theory, a no-drop ride. Um, I, I didn't get the total number of riders to finish. I think I, uh, something was wrong with my vision because this 73 miles included 5,500 feet of climbing. And when I say climbing, there were very few slow, gradual climbs. If you've been within the city limits of Seattle, Washington, you know what I'm talking about. They don't fuck around with their climbing. They like to get straight to the point. It's like getting hit in the face with a shovel whenever you hit these climbs. So anyway, we rolled out. We went through an area called Fremont. Beautiful climbing over there. Kind of good, you know, a couple what I would call steady for the Seattle area, which is under a mile, um, quite steep and twisting, beautiful twisting roads. God, it was fun riding some of those climbs. I don't climb. I, As it says in the title, I do not climb, but I, I felt pretty good on this kind of stuff. I like that power style of climbing. And it was fun. And I, I kept kind of holding off because I knew, you know, God, Pat, do you have this kind of miles in your leg? The longest thing you've done was suffer, um, suffer Landry in knighthood. Um, and speaking of which, I think I forgot to thank the Sufferfest for being a sponsor of the ray of the podcast. Thanks, thanks being a sponsor. Um, so I didn't really know if I was going to be good, and you know, there, you always kind of send other people up and things like that. But as the ride progressed, it felt great, and I started to feel really good and things like that. Anyway, tail end of this is when Frank just decided to just become the biggest asshole of the year by programming this course, including. At least twenty sections of cobbles, and when I'm not talking, when I'm talking cobbles, I'm not talking the little brick sections you get. Like for example, where I live here, no, 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 no. These were rough. These were actually pretty damn good representations of what you could get. No, 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 they're not. But they were still pretty damn rough. Okay, 
and some of them up to 25% gradient. So we had the two true Flanders feel. And, um, oh my God, the tail end of this, we were going up and, and in that Queen Anne area, I rode right past where I was staying and I could have gotten off. My stupid ego wouldn't let me. Hey guys, there's my house. I could touch it from here. Help. But no, just kept riding, rode right past it, watched it go by. And then, um, then the real suffering came and it came, I mean, the worst part of that ride was probably in the last hour. And, um, some of these stretches were so steep, you guys, and I'm the dumbass. People were looking at me before the ride going, um, what are you doing, dude? I'm looking at your rear wheel and you're sporting a, you're sporting a 23 on the back. I'm going, yeah, frankly, I'm guilty. I feel guilty about the 23. They're going, what? Anything bigger than a 21 is just an ornament, right? Nobody really goes higher than a 21. I mean, that's what I had when I was younger and climbs haven't gotten any steeper, have they? They've always been there. I've still got the legs of a wiry young buck. Oh, shit. We got to some of these steep sections, you guys. And, um... I was doing all I can. You can't swerve. You can't do the the fish ladder thing. You can't go side to side to side to side on a cobbled stretch like this because these are rough cobbles. They've they've just seen years of you know people driving up and down them and hitting the gas. You know it's kind of like chatter bumps on a on a dirt road. And uh, there are a couple that I felt upper body. I mean, my arms were were just dying trying to pull up the, pull the bars up. Where you get to the top of those climbs, you know it. You know that feeling where you get to those top of those climbs. It's like, oh, shit. Three, two. Oh, thank God I made it over. And there were several of those, but there was one right towards the end. I'm, I'm, this was one of the 25%. And if you know your gradients, you know that 25% is effing steep, okay? And they were slightly damp just from the day. At least they were damp from my tears, the riders ahead of me. Um... And I, I think I've told you guys on the show that I've never experienced cramping in my long, not-so-illustrious career in cycling. I was five pedal strokes, guys. Five pedal strokes from the top of one of these climbs. And you felt you feel it right on the inside of the knee. You know that muscle? that You know, you look down at it. You can feel it right now. Even if you're at your desk, you can massage your own leg. You know, you're still low enough. Um, that muscle right there, right on the inside of the knee. Okay. I had about five pedal strokes left and pedal stroke five. Ding. Started it, started to move, started to move. Uh Oh, pedal stroke four. Ding. Oh shit. I think I'm, I'm, oh, oh no. Pedal stroke three. Bang. Oh, crap. Dude, you're about to. And then it just seized. It seized, you guys. My leg locked out in a straight direction like somebody had duct taped two by fours to the underside. I was just, it just sang out. All I could do was get that son of a bitch out of the pedal. It just, wah! And my rear wheel, I almost kicked the bike out to get my rear wheel, uh, to get my foot out of the pedal. I got it twisted out of the pedal, and I got my foot down. I can't remember what foot hit the ground first. I think I got both. Yeah, I did get both feet out of the pedals. And I was able to get that leg swung over the top tube as as it was locked out. I mean, I looked like a peg leg pirate trying to get my bike, uh, trying to get over the top of my bike. And I put my foot down. And of course, these cobbles are fairly slick um, from the death that had seen before of my fellow colleagues. And I set my foot down. And a nice road shoe, you know, has the traction of one of those slides in a fun park. And I got the foot down, and my heel slid a little bit, and that's when the calf—I mean, the the muscle went again. It sang out, pow! It sang out again. And the next thing I knew, I was—that was it. I, you guys, I could not move. I was frozen, and I just was looking down at my leg below me. And I was looking up at the guys ahead of me because I didn't want them to turn at me and go, pussy, look at the pussy. You thought you only needed a 23. And 
I, I just stood there and I, and I looked at the other guys, a, a pedal stroke up from me, which, you know, maybe 10 feet, which was the summit of the climb, 10 feet. You guys, I couldn't coast 10 feet. And I just stood there and I went, hi. I can't fucking move. And they are all going, what? I'm like, dude, I've, I've cramped. I have locked up. My leg will not work. <laughs> I had to stand there for about 90 seconds, at least, before I was able to actually get movement in my leg. I'm sure those of you guys who've experienced cramps before, especially the women of the world, fuck you, I've been have a baby. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about. It, it, it's so weird. You're immobile. You cannot move. My leg was locked out. Locked out like I had a brace on it. And I finally got that movement in it. And I was able to get over the top tube. And I, look, I, I admit, okay, give me shit. Let's hear the emails. I had to walk up the last five, six steps of the climb. Look, I, I'm a failure as a bike racer. And um, I got there and got back in the pedals. And I was like, okay, wow, that was brutal. And there were the next block. I mean, the next block was another climb. And um, I had to kind of do a quick loop-de-loop once or twice. And then I, I, I went for it again. And for some reason, I don't know, I made it up that time. I don't know why it was just that particular moment. But, holy shit. So anyway, we cruised down. Um, back to the pub, back to Fremont where we started and uh, went in to have a beer. They didn't take bikes. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Because I was staying back in Queen Anne because we went back down Queen Anne, okay? Queen Anne is a region of Seattle, for those of you not in the re- in the area. This is like a you know little community in, in itself. By the way, shit, there's a lot of money in Seattle. A lot of gorgeous homes. Um, It's just like everybody's laughing at you. Hey, cyclists, go back to Methlehem. Oh, fuck. Um, and the pub wouldn't let us in, and so I, I was able to shake the hands of the guys and and leave with my dignity intact. Um, I got to say, I uh, as I said, uh, Frank, what a great host, what a great guy, leading eighteen guys on a ride that some of us knew and some of us did not know. Um, very hospitable, um, great guy. As I, I've I've got to know Frank online through this radio show and through. Online communication, but it's, it's almost like we were dating from afar. I never got to meet him, and then I finally met him, and he probably thought, wow, that guy's fat. Um, and I thought, wow, that guy's tall, and he's fast. Um, so uh, thank you to Frank and the Velominati crew over there in the Seattle area. If you get a chance um, to get over to Seattle, whether or not you're with the Velominati crew, I think Frank posted that ride as a map that you can put on your Garmin. I recommend downloading that sucker, you guys. It is beautiful. And at least if you can't do the whole ride, get your ass over to Mercer Island and ride around Mercer Island. Um, just follow the cyclists because they everybody's on this road on a weekend, and the cars are actually fairly tolerable. I mean, the, the only pain-in-the-ass person we had was a woman in a Prius. Who would have figured? But... um Great ride, and that ride around Mercer Island, absolutely awesome. Big sweeping turns, kind of tight sweeping turns, all kinds of things like that. Some going up, some going down, and you just, it's like a freaking roller coaster for cyclists. It's a beautiful roll, rolling ride, um, gorgeous houses all along. You've got the water on one side. It just makes you realize all the things you're never going to have. But it's fun to live in their world for a short amount of time. I'm going to sip my. Most expensive beer. There you go. So that's what's happening. That's what's up. And as I said, we're going to kind of, we broke the show into different segments. I had to tell you guys that story. That was our little story time. Lines. If you haven't heard, Fabian Cancellara taking his third Flanders win in a sprint. Wow. That new tactic must be working. You know, Cancellara has been saying that the glorious attacking style is all beautiful to see, but it doesn't necessarily pay off in the long run, and it didn't. Um, what, if you watch the final stretches of Flanders, Flanders this weekend, uh, Flanders, you will have seen some some interesting bike racing on the on the part of Cancellara. 
don't know about you, but I thought at a time um, it didn't look like he was holding on to the attacks very well. But um, he played. He rode an incredibly smart race and um, it just sprinted right when it needed to be and 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 came across the line first. And I guess that when it comes down to it, that's what it's all about, you guys. And a great ride for him. Not a great day for Boonin, Bonin and uh, Sagan. Uh, you didn't see much of them after the main attacks came through, but even a worse day for Johan van Summeren of Garmin Sharp. If if I don't know if I should even direct you to this. Um, I'll let you be the judge. Uh, really horrific crash by the Garmin Sharp rider uh, colliding with a spectator in a really, really horrid crash. It appears that that one of those traffic islands, not the circular ones, but one of those traffic islands was not marked and not marshaled by one of those cops with a flag in their hand blowing a whistle. And there were several spectators, well, three spectators on that traffic island. And one of them was an elderly woman. And it just didn't, it, it didn't end well. Um, Van Summer is reportedly out of the hospital. The uh, woman who he unfortunately struck at no fault to his own, you guys, this, you know, that's, that's, not something he should be held responsible for. Uh, the woman is still in intensive care. I don't. I don't know the status of her, but sorry to bring down things with bad news. Hopefully, she's going to be okay. Perry Roubaix is this weekend, boys and girls, and I predict another great addition. Um, uh, Bradley Wiggins is actually racing this race in a supported role. I'd love to see something magical happen to Bradley Wiggins, the man who's come down from the heavens and realized humanity. Uh, maybe he, maybe he's chosen his his events differently. I don't think it's going to turn out for him. I'm picking uh, Sagan is going to is going to have have his day on Sunday. So if I'm wrong, let me know. But I think I think that's what's going to happen. So c- classic season fully underway. Our headlines are going to be consisting of a lot of those types of things. I looked all around. I scoured all over the place, and I didn't really find anything else I gave a shit about because it's time to go to the topic. I've had several people online wanting to ask me about this topic. And um, sorry it took me 25 minutes to get to it. I had to tell you a story about the Kogel. That's why people have podcasts, so they can tell their own stories. Only interesting stories are the ones with me in it. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this one lately. Um, I've come into it firsthand um, through my announcing career, through personal competition, and... um, fairly uh recently through just some stuff i've experienced um and i and i asked about it i asked people on the website i asked people on facebook about their concepts of it what defines the following terms tonight i want to talk about sandbagging and defining the poser by the way poser is spelled p o s e u r look it up okay i tend to throw out a lot of terms with the show and god knows i tend to get a bit judgmental right Maybe. Um, I want to take the time to talk about these two terms and make sure we're all on the same page. Okay, I looked up both terms, and I'm going to provide you with definitions. Sandbagger is the one we're going to talk about first. Sandbagger. We all have our vision of a sandbagger, right? If you haven't heard of the term, I'm going to give you the definition. Here we go. Kind of golfy in its nature, but uh, a person who pads a handicap or acts as if he or she is at a lower skill level than he or she actually is. So he or she can achieve better during commit, during competition that's handicapped or by skill level. Wow, that was a lot to read. I'm going to cut out the he's and she's. I'm going to just use the masculine form here, and I'm going to read it again. A person who pads a handicap or acts as if he is at a lower skill level than he actually is, so he can achieve better results during competition that is handicapped or by a skill level. Okay, let's put that in the cycling terms. That's as simple as sitting in and sprinting, never seeing the front of the pack, never taking a pull, pretending to be tired when you aren't, or not manning up and give it your best shot in a sport or situation that requires it, don't you think? Not putting your full effort out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Is it ever okay to do that? To sandbag. To put out less than you're capable. To sit in and sprint. To not be a part. Okay? I'm going I'm to give you an example, and I'm going I'm to be personal because I'm sitting here in front of a microphone and you're not. On my recent knighthood attempt, I dropped my FTP, which is my functional threshold power, which is the numbers on Trainer Road, and I've talked about this, to 80% for the first videos. I was told that in terms of my research of attempting Sufferlandrian knighthood, that you should consider the fact that you're doing 10 videos back-to-back. You should consider the fact that you're going to be on your bike for 11 and a half hours, that you should probably scale that back. Nobody can go all out, crit speed, sprinting, for 10 videos back to back. It's just, it, you can't do it. I don't know if, it, uh, there might be some people who've tried it and done it, but I, I I don't know. I felt at the outset, that first video, which was rubber glove, for those of you who are subprofessed people, that um, I was at a pace under my maximum for sure, okay? In my mind, however, I knew it was to come. I knew that I was working hard I was convinced that I was working hard. And as the videos progressed, I realized that that 80% was worrying me, you guys. I was fading. Especially with the knowledge that I had seven more videos to go. This was around the third video. After the fifth video, I was in serious trouble. I was cramped. And, and as I told you guys in the last show, I've experienced these cramps. Last show, uh, that, that Sufferfest episode was one of the first times I've ever had a lock up. I had to make a decision at that point. This is after the fifth video. I had to make a decision. I dropped my FTP another 5%. So I'm at 75%. At this point, I ask you, even though you can't respond, was I sandbagging? Was I riding at a level simply in order to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish? even though it wasn't my best. I did make it. I finished. I achieved Sufferlandrian knighthood. I was able to hold those numbers all the way to the finish. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I, just, I'm, I was just barely able to hold those numbers all the way to the finish. I mean, it was tough. It was extremely hard. As I said, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. So, is that sandbagging? This past weekend, I started the ride and back. As I told you, I made sure not to go out too strong. I felt good, but I held back. Many of you guys have done that in a race. Later in the ride, I went to the front and I played around. I did pay dearly for it, but I did participate. Was that sandbagging? The first half of the race. The first half of the ride. It wasn't a race, it was a ride. Now you gotta, you got I think you gotta think about this in terms of what's on the line, especially in both situations. In knighthood, I was earning a title, important or not. However, you interpret all of this crap that I've been doing, I saw it as a hell of an accomplishment. But um, the ride last weekend was there anything to accomplish besides an ego stroke? No, probably not. So, is sandbagging in relation to the accomplishment itself, or is it a sign of the person? If someone signs up for a marathon or a Grand Fondo or even an Ironman, if they walk the marathon, if they soft pedal the Grand Fondo, or if they take all day to finish the Ironman, is it any less of an accomplishment? They have still finished a marathon, a Fondo, or an Ironman. You're still an Ironman if you make it in under that time, all right? This is where the term gets really fuzzy, doesn't it? 
I personally think a sandbagger who is someone who knows he or she can do better, go harder, but decides not to out of fear, laziness, or some other factor, and still takes the accolades at the completion of the task. I am still a stud, even though I held back. Someone who knows he or she can do better, go harder, but decides not to out of fear or laziness. I'm going to cut, I'm going to cut it to those two and still takes the accolades at the completion of the task. Have we all sandbagged at some point in time? Maybe. Maybe we have. I had a coach once who told me never to upgrade my category, my USA Cycling or USCF in the time category, until they force you up. I found myself winning races pretty easily. At that point, I was sandbagging. Okay? Do we all know somebody who's sandbagging? We might. Is it our responsibility to tell them they're sandbagging? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one, gang. Will it help somebody? Will they learn? Will there's a light bulb come on over their head if you tell somebody they're sandbagging? No, I don't think it's going to. I think what's going to happen is they're going to get pissed off. You tell you to fuck off and then you're never going to have a friend again. If I accomplish an Ironman and I see somebody who is better than me still accomplishing and walking around bragging they're an Ironman, they're still an Ironman. So I don't know. We can get down to the details, but I think we've all done it. I think we know people who do it. I guess our best bet is to look in the mirror and go, keep that record clean, man. I'm just a better Iron Man. I don't know. It's a tough one. Uh, Posers. Sorry, I take this kind of seriously. I know this is supposed to be kind of a laughter podcast, but um, sometimes it hits close to home. Posers. These are kind of funner. 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 This one's funner. I'm going to take this one directly from the Urban Dictionary, okay? Because I saw... Their definition here, it says, yes, kids, that is how you spell poser. No, I'm not trying to spell it some fancy French way. Don't believe me? Let's go take a look at old handy Webster's. Poser, P-O-S-E-U-R, noun, French, date, 1872. So we've been in this for a while. Definition is as as follows. A person who pretends to be what he or she is not. An affected or insincere person. Ooh. Affected with an A. Or insincere person. Nice. Nice. Use the right word, people. P-O-S-E-U-R. It sounds French. Here in my mind is the cycling take. Okay? Pretending to be someone you are not is a poser. From wearing a pro kit, yeah, I'm that picky, I don't want you out there, guys, wearing pro kits. Even though they have them for sale and they look cool, all the catalogs are shown. Don't do it, okay? From from wearing a pro kit to spending $10,000 on a bike you only ride to the coffee shop in that probably pro kit, if you ride to the coffee shop and back on a $10,000 bike, you're a freaking poser. And it doesn't have to be to the coffee shop. If you say, I'm going to do a triathlon this year, and you got and you throw down eight Gs on a time trial bike that you use once, you're a poser. All right? Now, there are things that if you haven't figured out, I do not like in the world. Um, Like, for example, training in an aero helmet, sleeveless jerseys, jerseys and arm warmers. I don't like neon jackets. Basically, I just picked on new cyclists and uh, triathlons there. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, These practices mean you're simply a biker with a different standard than I have. You're not a poser, okay? 
So go out there and train in your aero helmet. Get comfortable with the helmet. You're probably getting ready for a triathlon, and you need to know what it's like to wear the helmet, whether or not it's a microwave on your freaking head. Sleeveless jerseys and arm warmers, I understand. My, all my triathlon jerseys don't have sleeves because I have to run in them, and my arms are cold, asshole, so let me wear that. Neon jackets means you are a grandparent. You probably are getting into the sport, and you have a... You have a fear of getting hit by a car, so you want to be seen. You're wearing a third eye on your helmet because you can't crack your neck around to see what's behind you, so you can see behind you with those things. Okay, I judge you for that, but it doesn't mean you're a poser. But don't tell me about your amazing training base and then find a reason to turn around when the ride gets hard. Now you're a poser. Don't brag about your amazing racing career in the 80s or 90s or whenever. Because you know what? Chances are somebody like me was racing them and never saw your name on a national team roster. Now, mine wasn't either, but that makes you a poser. Okay, don't brag up results you've never achieved. Don't buy all the hipster shit. You're an accountant. Shit, buy a Harley. That, <laughs> now, now we're talking. You're a poser, okay? Just be yourself. Laugh at yourself occasionally. And don't be afraid to blow up and suck ass and ride home barely alive and remembering your own name. All right? That's the fun part. Don't try to be a jackass and claim you're somebody you're not. That's a poser. So we have gone from sandbaggers and posers. Do you believe that from future shows on, if I call somebody a poser or a sandbagger, we are all on the same page, right? Right? Okay. I feel cleansed. Do you? It feels better. Let's all just take a deep breath here. Take a moment. Better and it's better, isn't it? It's better. Hopefully, it's not making you tense. You'll find somebody who's a poser or sandbag in your world, and you'll just you just smile and you'll move on. Maybe you can help them without upsetting them. Probably not, but maybe you can. I just told a bunch of high school students today that chain marks on their inside of their calf must be wiped off immediately. That is my gift to others. Maybe calling somebody to the side and saying, you know, those Garmin shorts shorts with that CSC jersey really aren't working. Hey, um, Billy, I raced that race in 1996, and I didn't see you there. By the way, I got third in that category, and you didn't get second. Or something like that, right? Are you going to piss them off? Yeah, you might. Are they ever going to show up again? Hopefully. Will they just find somebody else to tell the bullshit lie to? Yeah, probably. Probably. <sighs> but I guess we're doing our part. Sometimes it's best to just smile and walk away. Ah. <sighs> You ready for the uh, top five list? I'm going to talk another. I'm, I'm kind of on my preaching sand, uh, sandbox. I'm in my sandbox. You can't command. I'm on my preaching soapbox this episode, and I apologize for that. But uh, we're going to finish off with the top five list. As I told you, I like doing top five lists, and we're going to do just that. Okay? Let's put you in a hypothetical situation. You busted your ass all winter. You stayed healthy. Your main focus. Trained your ass off. Didn't have a second beer when you really, 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 really wanted it. Your season plays out perfectly. And even if only once, even if only once you cross the line first. Oh, yeah. All that just paid off. I've just, I, I won a bike race. I've won a triathlon. I've won a whatever event you're, you're registered in. Here's my top five. Actually, this has to be more towards bike race because... Bike race people are going to understand what I'm talking about. Here is my somewhat preachy list for what to do when that happens. Top five list for what to do when you win a race. In no particular order. Number one, salute the win. Do. 
Salute the win. Not over the top or not too mellow. Not way over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Anything like that, okay? <laughs> and not too mellow like it was too easy. Like, yeah, shit, this is a piece of cake. I want my entropy back. Find your perfect salute for the magnitude of the race. All right. Well, for a weekend race, you know, throw a little smile and, you know, God, that was fun. For a regional race, put a hand, maybe two in the air, you know, yay. For a national or even a state championships, two hands and maybe a yes, yes, you know, be happy about it. Okay. No getting off the bike, Alexi Graywall style. Alexi did it. You can't do it. Getting off the bike, walking across the finish line with your bike in your hand, pumping that fist in the air, or pulling on the jersey like you're showing off your sponsors or something like that because that just makes you a douchebag, or cradle the baby gesture, or something you've got in your back pocket like a pacifier you put in your mouth. What are you, going to a rave or something like that? No, don't do any of that shit. Just kind of understand the magnitude of the event and the salute that goes along with it. When nobody's looking and you're out on the road in the middle of nowhere, practice each one of those. It's fun. It's, it makes you kind of happy that way. Okay? That was the first thing. Second one, get cleaned up and go to the awards. Don't ditch out on the awards if you've won the race. People are putting on this event. Go to the awards. Okay? Get cleaned up. Clean yourself up. Get out of your cycling shorts. Okay? That's gross when the awards have happened an hour and a half later and you're still walking around in a clammy shammy. Clammy sh- Shammy time, not training time. Get out of those. You're making a fungus that nobody's going to identify someday, and it's going to cause the zombie virus. Okay? Get out of the shorts. Wear your sponsor logo, preferably a clean jersey or a shirt that has all the names of the people who are paying to be on your clothing. Okay? Show up. I know it looks weird wearing a cycling jersey with regular shorts, but it's it's those people are paying to be on your shirt. So do that. Okay? That's number two. Number three. Smile and thank the race promoter or the person who's handing you the awards. Somebody's given up their weekend to do this for you. Thank them. Thank you very much. What a great event. Thank you so much. You're going to make their weekend. Number four, thank the officials. Okay, I know, I know, I know. Some of you guys think of officials. I've known some officials in the past. I've known some officials in the current, and I'll know some officials in the future. I know what you're thinking. Where the hell does that hat come from? Do you have to wear that shirt? All that kind of stuff. Really, are you that self-righteous? But thank an official. Do it. Do it. It, They have helped keep the race clean. They've helped make it happen. Um... And and they and they keep this grand thing going, all right? So that's number four. And finally, I know that I'm saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, but it, you guys, it's all about professionalism and making people happy. And finally, find the most remote volunteer, the poor shuck who was out on the corner in the middle of nowhere, in the rain, in the snow, in the high winds, with nothing but a chair and a sandwich, and thank them. Do it even if you get dropped. Even if you don't win the race and you get dropped and you're coming around that corner and they're like going, good job. Look at them, so look at them and say, hey, thanks for being out here. They got maybe a t-shirt and a dry sandwich and they spent all day out there. Thank them. Okay? That's it. Those are my top five lists. Salute the win. Get cleaned up. Go to the awards. Smile. Thank the race promoter the officials, and a volunteer. All of a sudden, the world will be a better place. I promise. (sighs) Upcoming calendar, everybody. I'm going to be at the Tour of Walla Walla Criterium. If you are in the state of Washington and regional in the northwestern United States, get your butt over to the Tour of Walla Walla if it's not sold out already. A great little mini stage race. Uh, four days, three, four days um, happening in Walla Walla, Washington. I will be announcing the Criterium April 19th. Be sure and be there for that. I will be at the Spokane River Run, an event I have been announcing for many, many years. And it, it continues to grow, and it's for a great cause. It's for the Garfield Apple Program, helping kids in school. April 27th, that's SpokaneRiverRun.com. Go check it out. Do some runs, all different types of event, uh, distances for that event. Great trail run. 
Uh, I will be at the 24 hours around the clock. This will be my third, fourth year back at 24 hours around the clock. The greatest 24 hour mountain bike race that I have ever been to. And I have announced a bunch of them. Uh, great event put on by the round and round productions round and round.com April, um, sorry, May 24th and 25th sign up registration still open for that one. And lastly, within the immediate future, I'm not going to go out the whole schedule. I will be at the Troika triathlon. Mark Hodgson and I will be returning to the microphone together on May 31st at the Troika Triathlon in Spokane. I think it's actually out at Medical Lake. Look up Troika Triathlon, T-R-O-I-K-A Triathlon. And I just said it in an extra syllable. Triathlon, not triathlon. Athlete. Jesus Christ. Um, Come play, everybody. Don't sandbag. Keep it realistic. I'm ending my podcast. This is Pat Bolger, ABM. We're going to get Mark in the studio definitely before the Troika Triathlon. <laughs> I did it on purpose that time. Thanks, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.